podcast starts when I say, hey. Hey. Welcome to Arthur Read Between the Lines, the podcast where we revisit every episode of Arthur. That's Gab. And that's Line. Today we'll be covering season one, episode 18, which is Arthur's Chicken Pox and Sick as a Dog. We're going to provide a synopsis of the episode, talk about our history and memories of each episode, and have some general discussion of our favorite parts. First for one segment and then for the other. Let's get into it. All right. This week we have some excellent Arthur-centric episodes. Yes, we are back at it again in the Reed House. Um, should I just take it away with Arthur's chicken pox? Please. Before we even, I mean, maybe this is premature, but I was curious. Did you ever have the chicken pox? I don't think I did, or at least not in memory. It might have happened when I was really young. Okay. I for sure had it when I was too young to remember. I think mm. I was like two years old. I was told about it. I was just curious whether either one of us was more qualified to discuss this segment, but it turns out neither of us is. So Empty let's me. just get into <laughs> it. Um, Arthur's chicken pox starts in the Reed kitchen on a chaotic day um, with the scene being set that the circus is coming to town in a mere six days. Um, which DW is super excited for. And Arthur addresses the audience saying that he is excited too, but he's been feeling a little funny and not like a clown from the circus. <laughs> not like my joke just there either. Uh... <laughs> um, we begin the episode after the little title card with all the kids in art class painting various things and arthur's painting a picture of an elephant at the circus and then begins to hallucinate that the elephant is like jumping out of the it's canvas real, yeah it's kind of disturbing when you don't know what's going on um i suppose it was like a fever dream sort of hallucination but that was that was kind of freaky yeah arthur is not well very not well um mentally or physically evidently <laughs> poor guy uh, he goes to the nurse's office, um, and the nurse reassures him that he's going to be okay. Um, then when he goes home, I s suppose it's the next day, he wakes up that n night after a day of kind of being pampered as a child is when they are s too sick to really do anything. Mm -hmm. And that night he wakes up covered in spots. So his parents reassure him, it's fine, it's just the chicken pox, it's a very common childhood illness, um, but he is going to have to stay inside for the next several days because it's very contagious. Mm -hmm. And he might not be well enough to go to the circus in time. So those are our stakes here. <laughs> DW becomes a central figure in this episode while Arthur is too sick to do much. Um, she becomes extremely jealous of him for getting so much special, special treatment. Grandma Thora comes over and gives him an oatmeal bath and cooks him all sorts of fancy treats. And DW wants the same sort of attention. She tries to fake having the chicken pox, but quickly gets found out when her spots wash off in the bathtub. Um, and... At the end, um, Arthur starts to get better and is cleared to go to the circus. DW comes around and apologizes for being jealous, but... In the ironic twist. She ends up contracting the chicken pox, so she can't go to the circus. But she's not at all torn she, up about she it. She was overjoyed. She was <laughs> gleeful. Because <laughs> so, now she finally gets to have all the special treatment that Arthur had. 
Yay. Yeah. Probably our biggest ironic twist yet. Yeah. <laughs> really hits you on the face. So, um, let's jump right into what were some of your little, like, moments from this episode or features about this episode that you remembered from your initial viewing as a kid? Hmm. To be honest, maybe I should have said this before we started this segment, but I remembered both of these segments very well. Like, okay. the whole thing from childhood. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I know. It's kind of weird because uh, they're not all that remarkable, but... Maybe you just, I don't know if you've just seen them more often than the other episodes it might be, by it chance. Might be, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing, I remember, oh, listen, the best thing is the swirly straw. No, the crazy straw. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, DW knew it too. She, all she wanted was that crazy straw, but <laughs> Arthur's germs were all over it, so she wasn't allowed to use it. What do you remember? I remember the oatmeal bath. And how DW seemed very confused by the concept of an oatmeal bath. Because I think I found it confusing as a kid, too. Actually, I'm still confused. Would you explain it to me? <laughs> you put oatmeal in the bath. Okay, okay, I don't... I don't... I've never had an oatmeal bath. So I don't know whether it's just raw oats, <laughs> quick oats, instant oats, steel-cut oats, <laughs> cooked, raw... I don't know, but... Um, oats do have the property of being soothing for the skin. So it, oh. you put the oats in the bath and you soak in it and it makes you less itchy. Which is why, like, I know there's different lotions too that, like, have oat in them, in mm. their ingredients. It's anti-itch. That sounds pretty nice. Maybe if we had remembered the chicken pox, <laughs> then we could speak to that. But I've never actually had to bathe in oats before. Mm. But the one thing that I found very relatable was the first day that Arthur is home from school, he basically just watches TV all day. Yeah. And I think that's a hallmark of being homesick from school. In fact, in mm -hmm. the And Now a Word from Us Kids segment that comes after this episode. Spoilers. It has to do with this segment, though. There's no plot to And Now a Word from Us Kids. I cannot spoil it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Plot twist, spoiler alert, a bunch of elementary school children stammer about how it's cool to watch TV when you're sick. I but love not that part. too cool because being sick is not good for you. They had to like wedge that in there as well. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise, I guess that would be very irresponsible. <laughs> that all these kids saying, yeah, when I'm sick, my mom makes me lunch and I have breakfast in bed and I watch TV all day. But And then they have like another kid come in who's like, but it's not good because then you can't go outside and you can't see your friends because you're too <laughs> sick. And I'm like, oh, too true, bestie. <laughs> Anyways, the scene that I'm referring to in the episode is where it is now probably, I don't know, maybe like 7 p.m. or something because yeah, yeah, it's something. dark. The, the living room is just illuminated by the light of TV. <laughs> DW is cozied up next to Arthur and they're sitting there slack-jawed, wide-eyed, <laughs> listening to some infomercial, prompting them to call now. And DW's shaky hand is like reaching for the toy <laughs> phone next to her on the couch. And mom comes in and she's like, oh, no, that's enough. <laughs> Wait, can I can I interject? Because the thing, I don't know how closely listened to the infomercial, but they were advertising, <laughs> and I wrote this down, a genuine imitation leather cowbell. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Does it mean the cowbell was made of leather or the cord for the cowbell was made of leather? 
Genuine imitation leather cowbell. cowbell. Okay, so genuine cowbell imitation leather. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's my guess. We will go with that. The writers just um, took a dart and like threw it at <laughs> yeah. their vision board and they tried to invent the most inane products they could. Also in this episode, DW reprises her role as the nurse. I wrote that down too. She's got the little costume with the red cross on it and everything. And she's equally oppressive. Yep. Yeah, the overbearing personality comes back. Well, the specific brand of overbearing that mm. Nurse DW is. Different from her usual type of overbearing. Yeah. Poor Arthur. Can we talk about how Grandma Thora is apparently the chicken pox expert? Hmm. I suppose so. Have you ever heard about that? I don't know if there was like, was there ever like a member in your family who was like just really good at dealing with illnesses? Is that a role that people have? I don't think so, though my mom famously doesn't get sick. Oh, I didn't know that. Famously. She's invincible? Well, she's gotten sick a few times, but yeah, mostly she's pretty, pretty immune. Also... Grandma Thora was, like, kind of mean this episode to DW. She kind of brushed her off a lot. Even though I suppose DW was very annoying, but... Hmm. I think we're meant to understand that Arthur kind of has to take priority because he's sick. Mm. And DW kind of has to suck it up and take care of herself because she's not sick. I guess so. But I, I get what you mean, especially since we're not used to hearing Grandma Thora say no yeah that's she's true. usually like the the really sweet always very giving mm-hmm, grandmother mm-hmm. guaranteed to like you know always give you what you want but in this case <laughs> especially it's especially evident in the scene where grandma thora makes arthur this meal oh, yeah. on a tray i don't even know what the foods were but there was something that had like a, a lit sparkler in yeah, it. yeah yeah it was there was the juice fancy. with the crazy straw and D- and there's something with like cherries on top and dw wants this and grandma thora says your lunch is over on the counter by the sink and it's a single tray with a small plate with one sandwich cut in half i know that was that was a little sad yeah also also when um she was giving Arthur a back rub and telling him the story of when he was born. Mm-hmm. DW's like, oh, me, me, where was I? And Grandma Thora's like, yeah, you weren't born. Well, what and else was it. she going to say? Well, I mean, if she was being a kind old grandmotherly figure, she could have told the story of when DW was born. But Grandma Thora didn't know that story because DW asked and Grandma Thora said, I think I was in Florida I then. know, but that's so dismissive. It is. To your, like, four-year-old granddaughter. It is. And it is kind of sad that Grandma Thora has these very vivid memories of, like, her first grandchild being born. And then for the other one, she's like, I don't know. I wasn't really part of that or really invested at all. (laughs) Truth be told. (laughs) Yeah. You do have a point. Yeah, it's a little callous. Yeah. What was your favorite um, part about staying homesick? Mm. If you had a favorite part. No, I like the TV for sure. Yeah, I would usually just lie down on the couch, as you do, Mm -hmm. and watch the TV. It's always interesting because when you're watching TV in the middle of the day, you see shows that otherwise Mm -hmm. you would never see. Yeah. One of my cousins, she was sick for like a week. She had the flu or something. And she spent all week watching Supermarket Sweep 
for like what? eight hours a day. What's that? It's a game show where they set up the stage so that it looks like a fake supermarket with aisles. And you have to go through... I don't remember even what you have to do. Um, okay, wacky. I just remember what the setting looked like. I wonder if she even remembers because <laughs> she was very sick. Yeah, I also found that like watching um, watching TV sick feels better than watching TV not sick. Yeah, because when you're sick, you don't have the energy to do anything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you're well and you spend way too long in front of a screen, you'll start to feel your brain rot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. What was your favorite part about being sick? I have a special fondness for eating soup with a bagel when I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. Or just when I'm, like, too tired to have anything else. My uh -huh. mom, when I was sick, she would, like, you know, just heat up, like, a can of soup. Yeah, and she would just, like, put it on a tray and bring it up to me in my room with, like, one little paper towel and, like, uh -huh. a little glass of water. You know, in the um, All About Kids segment... And now a word from us kids. You phony. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, of course, that segment, <laughs> the exact segment I was talking about mm -hmm. with the same title. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the kids said very similar things. So maybe this is a unique, ex I mean, like a universal experience among kids. Yeah, I think Truly. so. It's kind of interesting, you know, you always think about how kids have very few responsibilities, but even so... Um, there's something, it's, it's kind of interesting to note that all kids have this longing for an excuse to just not do anything and yeah. have someone else take care of them yeah. for a change. Well, maybe all people in general have this longing. Exactly. And e no matter what level of responsibility you have in your life, um, you're always gonna get to a certain point where you need a break. <laughs> yeah. To, on a lighter note, um, I want to talk about the scene in the art room when they're all um, painting, when Arthur first realizes that he's sick. Because that scene is quite funny. We don't, uh -huh. see, we don't see a lot of the other kids in this episode at oh, all. That's true. That is the one scene we get to see them. They're all, I guess they're having free paint hour because everyone's painting something different. Uh, Binky's painting something Aggressive. so aggressively that it flies off of his canvas and onto Buster's. And creates a shooting star. Very pretty. Yes, and I think Buster would be into that anyways, you know, alien themed. And Muffy tattletales on Sue Ellen for painting her trees purple. Okay. As if Muffy is the arbiter of what can is also, and isn't art. Can we also say that Muffy painted <laughs> just a, a bill on her canvas? Just a huge dollar bill. <laughs> wow, very um, deep and insightful, Muffy. <laughs> And this marks the second mention of elephant paintings in two episodes. In the cold open of last week's episode, Francine painted a giant life-size right. pink elephant in her you room. You are right. And this week, Arthur's painted blue elephants. So, two elephant paintings, neither one of them lifelike colors. I don't know what this means, but I have to point it out. <laughs> maybe next week we'll see a third one. Maybe, and maybe it'll mean something then. Well, what would you rate this episode? Hmm, well, it hasn't been quite as excellent as, you know, the recent trend, so maybe I'll give it a 7. That's fair. I think I'll give it a 7 as well. Oh, I found okay. it I found it more boring uh. than the previous few episodes. But I do appreciate the episodes that take place in the Reed House because they're so true to life. 
even the opening scene where everyone's like in the kitchen, mom's yelling. on the phone, everyone's yelling. It really just captures a very slice of life moment. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. But overall, um, DW didn't even really go through that good of an arc. I guess she learned to stop being jealous that Arthur was sick, but then in the end she got her wish. So yeah. what's that mean? Yeah, who knows? It was a cute enough episode, but um, not as stellar as some of the last couple that mm-hmm. were among my favorites of the season. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to segment two. Okay, but wait. I did want to talk about the kids some more, you know? A oh, bit. the... Yeah, okay. We can talk about the kids. Yeah, yeah. And now let's talk about some kids. That's my favorite segment. And so, like, in the beginning of this segment, there's just a kid that dies. Like, he <laughs> he falls to the ground, and there's this, like, trippy organ music, and he goes, wow, wow. Do you not remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Am I hallucinating? <laughs> Maybe that was your own personal fever dream. All right. Well, we'll skip that. <laughs> and also there's a there is a girl who reads a poem and is an absolutely disgusting poem i don't remember this either oh my god oh wait i do yes it wasn't a poem that she had written though right she was reading it from a book i believe oh was it okay well either way it was probably one of the most disgusting things i've heard yeah i was talking lately. about like zits full of pus yeah and yeah other sickly yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Very bad. Okay, so... I, so I don't know why they would include that. It's topical. It's about sickness, Okay, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, take us into Sick as a Dog. Mm. I love that title, by the way. Because it reminds me of my favorite comic by Poorly Drawn Lines. It's a four-panel comic where this guy's saying, Man, I'm sick as a dog. And then the next panel, his friend asks... Like a hella sick dog. And then the third panel is a little picture of a dog on a skateboard wearing a backwards hat. And it says, uh-huh. tricks. And then the guy says, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Thank you. Well, this episode starts off and Arthur's enumerating the various ways and lessons that pals learned over the years the hard way. Um, like the one time he bit holes in the hose and chase this one small dog but there's a larger dog <laughs> so after that pal's eating a lot of things and uh, that arthur's feeding him yeah the intro is meant to say that like pals learned a lot of lessons but um some of them were not all pal's fault i suppose mm. and uh, some lessons get learned the hard way yeah so arthur's feeding him all kinds of stuff like pancakes gummy worms what else? Uh, gumballs. Gumballs, yeah. Well, a whole bag of Halloween candy. Which, notably, Arthur doesn't know whether it's from last Halloween or the one before. Yeah, after he blows the dust off it. Ew. Anyways, so Pal's eating all these things, all these human things that maybe dogs shouldn't eat, and finishes it off with by stealing DW's hot dog. <laughs> yeah, in a very epic <laughs> fight scene between Pal and DW. <laughs> yeah. So then... Later on, um, Pal comes to Arthur and he's making this like terrible noise. He goes like, oh yeah, kind of like that. And yeah, Pal's not feeling well. He's very sick and his parents are like, oh yeah, we'll probably have to take him to the vet if he doesn't get better. So skip forward a bit. Pal's still very sick. He doesn't even want to go for a walk and they take him to the vet. 
and he has to stay overnight. This is a terrible thing because at the vet there must be all kinds of other terrible pets that will harm your small dog if you're not careful. And Arthur and Pal have never been apart since Pal Famously, yes. was born. Pal was literally born in Arthur's house. Yeah. So Arthur's really worried, but when he goes back to the vet the next day, vet tells him, oh, Pal's fine, but what did he eat? And so Arthur learns that dogs should not eat all this human food. And perhaps humans should also not eat that particular assortment <laughs> and quantity of human food. Yeah, that's, it's pretty bad. Well, he goes home, all is well, and he apologizes to D.W., who he had previously accused of making Pal sick. Not completely with undue reason, because D.W. did vow to teach that dog a lesson. So that leads Arthur to believe that she poisoned him or something. But of course she didn't. No, that's crazy. And, um, yeah, Arthur learns a bit of a difficult lesson in responsible pet ownership. And that's kind of it, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, what do you remember from this episode? I think I remembered best the rising action, I suppose, where Arthur feeds Powell, like, increasingly less healthy things. Mm. Um, culminating in then, we should note that the other reason why you shouldn't feed your pets from the table, not only is that the food is probably not suited for them, but also because that teaches them that they can just take freely from the human food, which mm -hmm. is what happens. It's D it's um it's Pal who goes after DW's hot dog. That's true. But of course, like he only did that because Arthur had been feeding him from the table for like a long time, so he just kind of was like, "Oh, well, this is mine now. I can just mm -hmm. take it." Mhm. Mm now, you famously remember this episode very well, but uh -huh. if you had to pick out, like, you know, a moment or two, what were the things that stood out? I think it's the dying noise that Pal makes. Did you think that Arthur's description was accurate? I think Arthur said it sounded like a car horn underwater. <laughs> yeah. And your impression of it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a very sad noise. Uh... <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, so we're let's go in order through the nightmares that Arthur has mm -hmm. slash anxieties. First, he's talking to his friends, right? Yeah. About leaving Pal at the vet. And they all give their own stories uh, of what they've heard about the vet. In a moment that parallels the episode where Arthur had to train Pal and Francine and Buster mm -hmm. both had stories about their own pets or their relatives' pets who had to be given away. Sent um, to a farm upstate. Yeah. We have a very similar moment here where Francine tells the story of her aunt's chameleon who escaped in the vet's office, never to be seen again. Mm -hmm. And the brain says, in a very unbrainish way, he says, well, vets can talk to pets. Which leads Arthur to imagine that Pal is literally talking to the vet and explaining, um, my tongue goes out and I go, uh. <laughs> That's my best impression. That's a good one. And then the vet says, oh, yes, we'll have to operate. And he whips out a table saw. Yeah, a portable table saw. <laughs> so that, that's Arthur's fear is that they're going to cut his dog open with a table saw. And we mentioned that because it comes back in a nightmare that Arthur has later. Yeah, this next nightmare is an absolute trip. And it happens after 
Kyle gets dropped off at the vet. And in the waiting room, we see Sue Ellen with her sluggish snail. Yes, and some rabbit man with uh, his boa constrictor, Victoria. Who is tied in a knot. Unfortunately. This rabbit man perplexes me, though, because he addresses Arthur by name, but I don't think this is a character that we have ever mm, seen yeah, before. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been brought up. And Arthur doesn't say anything back to him. So I don't know who he is. He's a very strange, goofy-looking man in a in a tall hat and a checkered suit jacket. Maybe he's like the joke shop owner. He I don't know if be. we've ever seen him, but all that to say, um, both the detail of the table saw and Victoria come back into Arthur's anxiety-induced nightmare that night. Mm-hmm. So this nightmare begins. Arthur wakes up. And there's a ringing phone. And he answers it. And all I can hear is barking. All the other dogs in the, in the vet's office have broken out of their cages. And they kidnap Pal. Who, do, who undoes the lock? DW does. Oh, yeah. DW shows up in the nightmare and she says, let me get it. And she opens Pal's cage and then the dogs pick him up and run away. And they've also somehow bound and gagged the vet. Yeah, and then the the dream shifts somewhat and now the police are at the vet's office. And Arthur shows up running. And so it's a whole, like, hostage kidnapping situation, and there's a police chopper. And, and there's like, a ransom note, but it's written only in paw prints, so no one knows what it means. It's actually kind of an insane sequence. Yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> I I wonder what the dog's motives could have been. Who knows? Why would they kidnap this one guy? And then Arthur wakes up in a cold sweat, and he thinks to himself, he's like, ah, oh, that's not even possible because... Pal doesn't know our phone number. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of all the other details. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was funny. That made me laugh. So that's kind of establishing the fact that Arthur's really anxious throughout this whole ordeal. It's made unmeasurably worse by DW's influence. Because DW famously, as we've seen in past episodes, is not super fond of Pal. Mm-hmm. She thinks that he's kind of dopey and not a very good pet. And makes fun of him at any turn and or is just flat out annoyed with him and whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. The last straw for DW is when Pal steals her hot dog, <laughs> which prompts her to freaking scream, The dog's got my wiener! <laughs> And, um, and they, and he like drags her around the kitchen, both of them refusing to let go. Such a small guy. He shares a lot of power. Yeah. And so does that hot dog. (laughs) Like the, the, it really has a very high, high tensile Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, he finally wrenches it out of her bun, which wait, I wanted to point out that is such a struggle meal that I have definitely had as a kid. Picture this, your family sitting around the kitchen table eating boiled hot dogs <laughs> in folded slices of yeah. white toast bread. Oh man, that brings back memories. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, mom's not cooking tonight. <laughs> We're having a hot dog. Buns? No. What do you think it is? Fourth of July? We're taking out the toast bread. Fold it in half, put some mustard on it, call it a day. Yeah, both these segments have been pretty relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
DW vows like, I'm going to get your dog. But she ends up apologizing later on and, and makes a few attempts to reassure Arthur that she understands. However, she makes a huge mistake by saying, I felt the same way when my bird died. <laughs> and Arthur's like, Mom! <laughs> Arthur literally whimpers like he's about to burst out into tears that was a really emotionally raw moment that i wasn't expecting i forgot how cutting that remark was yeah this is literally an issue of life and death the likes of which we haven't seen since the spanky episode it's true and even then spanky died within the first minute so we weren't able to form an emotional connection the stakes feel a lot higher when we're talking about pal who's Mm -hmm. a character who's had several episodes devoted to him so far oh yeah and then there's the whole debacle where arthur is positive that dw poisoned pal but he doesn't know but he has no evidence against her so him francine buster and brain set up a mock courtroom in the treehouse which is by the way the first time they've all used the treehouse in order to try and get dw to confess to her crimes because brain helpfully reminds them remember we learned about this in school you're innocent until proven guilty so we just gotta prove her guilty (laughs) yeah so of course the whole thing devolves within like half a minute yeah dw is not having fun so she just leaves because she can yeah buster's spouting alien conspiracy theories it's a pretty solid theory buster posits that um dw is an alien sent to like you know sabotage dogs because dogs are the only like living beings that can tell who's an alien and who's not Mm -hmm, very sensible which i i believe i think that's true dogs have excellent vibe detectors yeah they do and good noses i think aliens must smell different to dogs probably (laughs) <laughs> Only one way to find out. <laughs> okay, I've obviously been watching a few too Buster, a few, few too many Buster episodes. So in the end, yeah, Pal does end up being fine, but the vet does like give Arthur a little bit of a talking to about how pets can't eat the same food that humans can, mm-hmm. and he's got to be more careful from here on out. And so Arthur learns a lesson, and he really does learn it the hard way. We've <laughs> rarely seen Arthur go through such emotional turmoil in one episode. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. So I'm glad that everything worked out okay for him. And it's an important lesson for, I think, all pet owners. You and I both live with pets uh, who we yeah, feed right. interesting things. Well, we, yeah, we feed some things. What, uh-huh. do you feed, what have you fed your co-owned cat? <laughs> well, I typically, it's, it's my roommate's cat. So I'm very reserved about doing anything with the cat unless my roommate has like given permission. Mm. But one of our That's favorite... That's responsible. Yeah. One of our favorite activities to play with our cat, though, is um, taking a little piece of cheese and um, running around the house with it so that she'll chase after us <laughs> to get her exercise. Running for her cheese. Yeah, we make her run for her cheese. What about you? Our cat likes spinach. Okay, does she like spinach or does she only eat spinach because you have trained her to eat it? No, like, I don't know. I usually... Whenever I eat anything, I usually offer our cat a little bit of it, but like, you know, 99% of the time she doesn't go for it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like cheese or bread. Yeah. And, but one time I had a, a salad of spinach, and so I gave her a leaf, and she started biting on it. So I put it in her bowl, and it was gone. 
Hmm, very interesting. I know, like, who who would have thought a cat likes spinach? I know. DW doesn't even like spinach, but we haven't gotten to that episode yet, <laughs> so I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, what was I going to say also about that? Despite the fact that you had told me earlier that day, I think you had, like, texted the group chat about it, about the fact that, like, oh, Nora eats spinach! When I actually came over to your apartment and I saw a single leaf of spinach in her food bowl, <laughs> I... <laughs> I couldn't handle it. <laughs> what a sight. I know. So, ratings for this episode. Uh, should I go first this time? I think you went yeah, first you last may. time. Okay. I would give this one a 7.5. Um, I think that it teaches an important lesson in probably, like, the most blunt way that we've seen so far. Very much actions, consequences. Mm -hmm. um, the dreams were really funny, though. Um, <laughs> so that always bumps up an Arthur episode's rating. For me, the crowning jewel of any Arthur episode is the animated dream sequences. Oh my god, yeah. So I think that's it's. it was pretty good. You? I was going to give it a 7.5 too. Oh, we're so in sync today. I know, well, for many of the same reasons. Yeah, I thought this had definitely a better lesson than the last episode, and it was definitely more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, that's it. That's all. We hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at arthurreadpod at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks when we talk about Season 1, Episode 19. In the meantime, have a wonderful kind of day.